Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. All right, welcome back to our 10th episode of Nocturnal Novellas. Yes, welcome to our December episode. Our holiday season is upon us. Woo! Yay! Not it, gonna lie. It's over. Like, Thanks. the end is in stress. Str- yeah, the end is near. <laughs> I'm kind of happy about it. Not gonna lie. The holidays are always so busy. Then you get so peopled out. Yeah. But here we are. So... We are Nocturnal Novellas, episode 10. Could you imagine in two more months we've been doing this for an entire year? Are we going to do something special for our one year? I feel like we should. I think so too. But I think our one year is before the Nocturnal Novellas one year. That's whatever. Okay. That's fine. We're not going to do it on 13. Oh, we could do it on 13. 13 might actually fall on a Friday the 13th. (gasps) No, it won't because it's the last day of the month, Courtney. No, I know, but, like, the 13th month we oh. do this might fall on a Friday the 13th month. I see what you mean. Month. Okay. I don't know. Okay. We'll, t- we'll uh, workshop it. Do you want to go first? Um, Mine are significantly shorter than what you've brought to the table today, so if you want to go first, you go <laughs> ahead. All right. So, as we are wrapping up the holiday season, I have a few holiday legends for this episode. Nice. For my first story, I will be covering the tale of Krampus. In Central European popular legend, a half-goat, half-demon monster that punishes misbehaving children at Christmas time. He is the devilish companion of St. Nicholas. Krampus is believed to have originated in Germany, and his name derives from the German word Krampen, which means claw. Krampus is a horned, human-like figure that's three times the size of an average human and evil to the core. The Central and Eastern Alpine folklore of Europe, who during the Advent season scares children who have misbehaved, assisting St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, the pair visit children on the night of December 6th, with St. Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with modest gifts, such as oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate, while the badly behaved ones receive punishment from Krampus with birch rods. Ooh. Yeah. Not a fan. Krampus Day itself, on the other hand, is on the 5th of December. In Alpine Austria and some parts of Germany, this day was known as Krampenschnott or (laughs) Krampus Night. Nice. Krampenschnott. Please do not come for my German. Okay. It's beautiful, Thank so you. I just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> when adults might dress up as Krampus to frighten children in their homes. I love that too, actually. I love how the ch- adults are like, <laughs> trying to get revenge on the year you've given me. Right. <laughs> Although Krampus appears in many variations, most share the same common physical characteristics. He is hairy, usually brown or black, and has cloven hooves and horns of a goat. Mm -hmm. His long, pointed tongue lolls out, and he has fangs. Krampus carries chains, thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. Okay. 
again, we're bringing in religion here. Mm-hmm. He thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. Oh, I mean, you can't not thrash the tra- chains. Yeah. The chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. One of more pagan origins is the root, a bundle of birch branches that Krampus carries and with which he occasionally swats children. <clears throat> the root may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. The birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. Sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. This is to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or transport to hell. Okay. Some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in a bag and taken away. Oh, man. I like how being whipped just isn't enough. Like, you are too evil as a child. You're going to hell. Yeah. Time Bye. to drown you. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is wonderful. With a two-year-old... I would like to do the Krampus. <laughs> She's so sassy, though. She'd just be like, no. <laughs> she'd look at, like, if we had Jeff dress up as Krampus, she'd look at him dead ass in the face and be like, no, thanks. Yeah, she'd be like, mm, no, no, it's not happening. No. No, she's too sassy for this world. Yeah. <laughs> Krampus roots have nothing to do with Christmas. Instead, they date back to pre-Germanic paganism in the region. His name originates with the German Krampen, which means claw, and tradition has it that he is the son of the Norse god of the underworld, Hel. During the 12th century, the Catholic Church attempted to banish Krampus celebrations because of his resemblance to the devil. Well, that's just shenanigans. Right? They, why? Like, such fun-spirited things. More eradication attempts followed in 1934 at the hands of Austria's conservative Christian Social Party. But none of it held, and Krampus emerged as a much feared and beloved holiday force. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Like, how is it that a folklore story scares the Catholic Church? those damn hooves it's the pagans gotta take everything from them damn hooves while there's obviously no legitimate record of krampus other than personal witness sightings and lore there is something called krampusloff not to be mistaken with krampusnoch (laughs) (laughs) yes those sound very different krampusloff and krampusnot Okay. One has a T, one has an F. Okay. I'm doing my best. Got this. Which translates to Krampus Run. Oh. During this celebration, it can be called that Austrian men get dressed up as Krampus and run through the streets, terrifying children in the towns in an effort to get them to behave before the eventual Krampenschnott. It's likely due to this that so much attention was drawn to... The old tale of Krampus, and soon enough the creature became known around the world as the evil counterpart to Saint Nicholas, who descends into naughty children's house on Krampusnot, dragging chains behind him, clomping through the house with his hoof-like feet. So here's my thing. So if 
Krampus is doing Krampenschnott on December 5th. All the Sixth. Ev- sixth, sorry. I thought it was 5th. Um, nope, you are correct. 5th. Okay. So on the 5th. Yep. Krampenschnott. Um, Krampus night. Evil children are being carted off. Does St. Nicholas, then, still have to go through and check who's naughty and nice? No. Because they work together, it sounds like. See? So, like, that's half of this man's job right there, is making sure if children are naughty and nice. So you're just, like, just, um, spreading out the labor there. Yeah. It's just interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I preferred my judgment come from a hooven... Right? It's like Krampus is the one that did the entire group project, mm-hmm. and St. Nicholas, Nicholas put his name on it. <laughs> yeah, he's taking all the credit for Krampus's hard work. Yeah. That's, that's Here, have some dried frickin' nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you so lucky? I could have whipped you and taken you to hell. Right? <laughs> oh, I love that. That was awesome. Okay, so I am going to cover a holiday crime. So, from DailyMail.com, with the headline reading, it's a ho, 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 hold up. (laughs) On December 22nd of 2009, a man dressed as Santa Claus robbed a bank. The six-foot-tall man entered the SunTrust Bank in Nashville, Tennessee at 10 a.m., sporting a snow-white beard, red festive Santa suit, and sunglasses. Nice. Carrying a sack up to the teller, however, is where this case really takes its turn. Santa was armed and told the people of the bank not to move, then demanded that the teller fill up the sack with cash so that he could pay his elves. (laughs) You know what? At least he committed. He fucking committed. (laughs) Like, the guy, like, people were like, he's like having this really jovial jolly personality like he didn't break character (laughs) i give him props Mm -hmm. so yeah like i said he kept up the facade keeping a jovial spirit as the teller filled the sack with money the man then fled the bank and managed to get away in a gray car not on a sled pulled by reindeer but come on i know you like you were so close to nailing it you know what he should have at least, like, you know, got some of those lick and stick stickers of Something. sleds. Or, like, even if he put the, the red nose on the on the car. Yeah, something. Could was he been... caught? I, it didn't say. Okay. And I couldn't find out if he was or not. Alright. So, it's a ho-ho-ho-hold up. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Alright. My next story is Bell Snickle. Oh, oh yes. Are you impish? Or is that the one? Am I thinking of the right one? What? No, don't worry about it. Go okay. on. Go on. Belsnickel was another helpful character to St. Nicholas. A figure in the folklore orig- originated in southwestern Germany, France, and Swiss- Switzerland region. The tradition of Belsnickel followed immigrants to the Pennsylvania Dutch communities. Yes, it is. That is what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of that episode in The Office. I've never seen The Office. You know what? You really should. I know. You know what? At this point, it is like, it is just a hill I'm going to die on because of mine and Jeff's early relationship. I never wanted to watch it. And you know when somebody like 
hype something up so much you just get less and less desire to watch it. I'm just saying. That's like me with you, The Office. I mean, you'd get a lot more of my jokes if you watched it. I know. <laughs> Do it for me. <laughs> Maybe. So, although instead of accompanying St. Nicholas on his rounds, Bell Snickel is a man wearing furs, sometimes a mask, with a long tongue. Mm-hmm. Why do they all have a long tongue? That's spooky. He is typically very ragged and disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, and he carries a switch in his hands with which to beat naughty children, Mm -hmm. but also pockets full of cakes, candies, and nuts for good children. Nice. Even though children often proclaim that they've been good all year, he'd ask them to recite a poem or Bible verse, and those who stumbled or behaved badly, were whacked with the stick to remind them to change their ways. (laughs) He was also known as Kris Kringle, Belt Snickle, and sometimes the Christmas Woman. Oh! Mm -hmm. Children then not only saw the mysterious person, but felt him, or rather his stripes upon their backs, with his switch. The annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark, thoroughly disguised, especially the face, which would sometimes be covered with a hideously ugly face. Generally worn a female garb, hence the name Christmas Woman, sometimes it would be veritable woman, but with masculine force and action. (laughs) He or she would be equipped with an ample sack, about the shoulders, filled with cakes, nuts, and fruits, and a long hazel switch, which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it, as well as a sting. One hand would scatter the goodies upon the floor, and then the scramble would begin by the delighted children, and the other hand would ply the switch upon the backs of excited youngsters, who would not show a wince, but had it been parental discipline there would have been screams to reach a long distance oh that that just seems mean it does i'm just gonna go out there and say i was on board but waiting for a wince Oof. (laughs) different times different times i feel like we are the first generation that does not you know punish our children the same way our parents punished us i hope so so i feel like up until probably about 30 40 years ago that was like a story to scare kids into submission right Mm-hmm. story of the times well in 1659 a puritan government located in new england called the General Court of Massachusetts Bay Colony, did in fact make celebrating Christmas illegal. The actual war on Christmas. (laughs) Jesus. The exact quote was, Whosoever shall be found observing such a day as Christmas, or the like, either by forbearing labor, feasting, or in any other way, was subject to a five-shilling fine. Oh. The Puritans of the time believed that Christmas was a solemn time, full of fasting and prayer, like a time to reflect on the sins committed, not as a time to celebrate. Ew. 
This outlaw was put in place to discourage disorderly behavior that may be offensive to God. Those who did not show up to work on Christmas or who were caught celebrating of any kind were fined five shillings. And I honestly looked so hard to find out what the conversion would be to nowadays, but I could not find anything that I could make sense of. Okay. <laughs> this ban was in effect until 1681, but Christmas was not recognized as a holiday in until 1856 in New England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was really discouraged from being celebrated by the communities, but... Wow. Yeah. Damn Puritans. <laughs> nice. So no pagan. <laughs> no celebrating. <sighs> no bueno. Um. Alright, so, finally, I have some New Year's superstitions for you. Nice. If you get a kiss on midnight... It may seem like kissing someone at midnight is a way to show your excitement for the new year, but actually, it is thought that if you kiss someone you love as the clock strikes midnight, those sentiments will continue for the next 12 months. Aww. Mm-hmm. Um, keep some extra cash in your wallet. If you want to enter a year full of financial prosperity, then make a run to the ATM so you can fill your wallet with cash. Also, don't loan out any money on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, and don't start the year with any unpaid debt debts, or you could set a precedence for the months ahead. Okay. Fill up on fill up your cupboards. It is considered bad luck to start the new year with bare cupboards. Okay. Ugh, that's what I I'm just Yep, I I I suck at grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Open the doors at midnight. Actually, just before midnight, so you can let the old year out and welcome the new one. I like that. I That's also so like nice. That. Fill up on collard greens and black-eyed peas if you want to keep the southern tradition. Eating black-eyed peas and collard greens on New Year's Day will supposedly bring good luck and prosperity, respectively, in the months ahead. Okay. Lastly, avoid tears. Save your tears for another day because crying on New Year's Day could set a year of sadness in motion. Aww. And those are, that is my nocturnal novella. Awesome. Um, so I slightly copied Courtney, but instead of doing superstitions, I did traditions for different cultures. Yes. Okay. So in Spain, it is customary to eat 12 grapes. One at each stroke of the clock at midnight on New Year's Eve. Each grape represents good luck for one more for one month of the coming year. Very cool. Can you imagine choking on one of those? Like in the <laughs> middle, though. I would be afraid of that month. That yeah, exactly. Like you're like fuck July, and then what if you're out of sync for the other months? Yeah. Like that's the rest of your year because of one bad grape. <laughs> oh man. I'm just saying, that's a lot of pressure to put on grapes. It is. (laughs) Okay. Residents of Denmark greet the new year by throwing old plates and glasses against the doors of family and friends to banish bad spirits. They also stand on chairs and jump off them together at midnight to leap into January in hopes of good luck. Um, With my luck, the chair would break and I would fall into January. But yes, (laughs) that's cool. Okay, so in Panama... They 
drive off evil spirits for a fresh New Year's start. Um, the tradition is to burn effigies of well-known people such as television characters and political figures. The, epi- the effigies are meant to represent the old year. Okay. Okay, and finally, an onion is traditionally hung on the door of homes on New Year's Eve in Greece as a symbol of rebirth in the new year. On New Year's Day, parents wake their children up by tapping them on the head with an onion. (laughs) I like that one. I like that too. You should do that with layers. Just onion forehead. (laughs) I feel like that would involve me actually having an onion. What? Just maybe use onion powder. There we go. It's the same thing. Well, thank you so much for your stories. Thank you for yours. Thank you. I can't believe that December is ending and we're going into 2023. I know. Like, it doesn't seem like a real year. No. No, it doesn't. It actually... No. But there's a lot ahead this coming year, especially for you, being married. Yes. Yes. That is happening. Yeah. So, Yeah. We will talk to you all next month. Yeah. And keep you guys posted. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to See Is For Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for creepy. Or on Facebook at C is for creepy podcast. Or on Instagram at C for creepy podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, please email us at C for creepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at L-E-X-X-A underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.